0: <laughs> Hallelujah! praise the lord i'll tell you when we get in trouble i'm glad we can call on king jesus
1: Amen.
0: i don't want to speak to the secretary do you i don't want to speak to no second one in command i want to be able to go to the main man himself a present help to us in the time of trouble i'm just glad to be in the house of the lord tonight Well, I tell you, we had an awesome service your Sunday didn't we? the presence of the Lord just moving so great. I don't know about you, I'm hungry again tonight. This is one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life, that I get up and eat several times during the day, like most of you do. And you just think, wow, I mean, you eat enough today, you're so full, you feel like you couldn't eat another bite. But a little bit, you're ready to eat again. And then tomorrow and the next day and the next day, I've been doing this for almost 66 years. So you saying what about spiritually? I don't marvel that very as much as I do folks can come to church once a month and get everything they need. I guess they just waddle out. I don't need to go back for about a month. You need the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. We're so happy to be together tonight. Such a privilege for us. Let's read from the book of Nehemiah, if you would, chapter 8, verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Now remember, that's the first five books. No Psalms, no Proverbs, no Ecclesiastes, no Book of Ruth. Many, many of the rest of the books was not even written yet. So just the first five books of Moses. So thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou shalt not. And listen what that done. Nezer the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand. Apparently the author of this book felt it was so important to emphasize those who could understand. And all, and the ears rather, of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. How many wants to be attentive tonight? Not the book of the law, under a complete different covenant. I'd like to remember before the Lord. He knows your need, your desire. I'd like you to pray for Carol tonight if you would. She's not feeling well, maybe a sinus infection or something like that. Sick and couldn't be in church, so if you'd remember her too. Heavenly Father, it's with such great joy that we approach the throne of grace that we have been beckoned to by your mercy. Lord Jesus, as we say it so often, that we have so many needs, and yet we're not saying that to emphasize so much how great our needs are, but simply to put it before you because your prophet has told us to ask for great things and many of them. So we don't have to just sit down underneath the table and hope a crumb will fall off every now and then that somebody else don't want. But we sit here tonight, Father, in the presence of the Almighty God. We're not given a place down at the lower side of the table, on the crumb side, but we've been given a place right by the King himself. So Father, we don't have to beg tonight. We don't have to come as paupers and that we aren't even allowed to ask, but you told us to ask that our joys might be full Lord we thank you for what we've already heard that you're doing we give you thanks for that and Lord Jesus we're believing you're going to do even more and greater things help us tonight would you Father we're so so needy and we're so desirous of your presence may you come tonight and help us Lord that we can find our identity in an open book, won't you grant it Father? Be mindful of the sick, those that are troubled, those that have burdens on their hearts, whatever they are. Only you can custom fit this service tonight for every individual and we believe you'll do just that. Grant it we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you, you may be seated. Certainly want to welcome Brother Nathan and his family visiting with us tonight from up in Indiana. Believe it or not, I remember that little fella whenever he was about that tall. And actually, before he was born, I knew his mom and his daddy, so it's we go a long ways back. Certainly love the Bryant family and so appreciate him. I can imagine that for the people of that day, it must have been an overwhelming time for them. As we mentioned last Wednesday night, for some of them, that never even read a copy of the law. It was not like today where we have our Bibles and the message on our phones, our iPads, and our cars on USB, on every form imaginable. For them, it would have been a very rare uh, occasion for them to be able to even saw a book of the law, much less to have their own copy. So whenever they come in contact with the law, and to have a man that was as well-trained as Ezra was, not only a trained man, but a spirit-led man, to be able to read the Word and expound on the Word. The people stood there for hours on end. They actually made him a pulpit, which is the first time the Word appears in the Bible. So here this man stood at a pulpit a place elevated a little bit higher than the people not so much that he was higher but so the people would be able to see and hear and be able to understand what the word said now he's not really having what we would call a modern day revival Uh, the bible doesn't say anything about the music The Bible doesn't say anything about, you know, all types of fog lights and all types of glittering lights is what the church wants today. And, uh, you know, for many, even going to singing, one of our brothers tell me not long ago that he went to hear some singers that he really liked to hear, and he was so surprised as he got there to hear these singers, and as they started singing, fog started coming up from behind them, and all kinds of lights was flashing over here and flashing over there. I'm glad I wasn't there, because them types of things remind me of nightmares. But yet, that's what the modern-day church wants. They want to be entertained. I'm not looking for a fog machine. I'm looking for a pillar of fire. I'm not looking for flashing red lights which turn into blue and turn into yellow and all that sort of thing. The electricians that was asking us about how we wanted the lighting in the church and so on as we're doing, they wanted to know if we wanted flashing lights. And if we wanted fog machines and all kinds of things, I said, no, sir, I don't think we'll need that. We have enough fire the way it is. I think we'll have enough, don't you? I don't think we have to have red and yellow and green flashing lights and fog machines and all that sort of sort of thing. I believe the greatest attraction the bride of Christ can ever have is the Word of God for the hour. You know, as long as we keep that, we won't have to have all this worldly stuff to get our attention. Whenever we have to start selling hot dogs and hamburgers and having all that sort of thing, well, our church needs a softball team and a basketball team. And, you know, we'll we'll play against that message church and that message church not as long as I'm the pastor. We don't need such thing to be able to, oh but Brother Donnie there's no telling how many people would draw if we had that. I do agree with you on that but my problem is what kind of people would we draw? Bunch of transgender perverts that don't know if they're a man or a woman or a boy or girl want to come in and pervert our young people. I don't want no such a trash. Well come on now, don't get quiet on me. I ain't looking to draw such a crowd as that. Now them type of people are welcome if they want deliverance, but they are not welcome to come and to try to come and convert a bunch of our young people to a bunch of perverted trash that will lead them straight to the gates of hell. Well, praise the Lord. You're welcome if you're a liar, if you're a whoremonger, if you're an adulterer, but we believe and we preach that the power of God is here to change you from all the above mentioned sins. Is that right? We're not looking to see what we can do to be able to gather a crowd and see how many people that we can have to be a modern day church. That's a church that's going to be left in the tribulation period. But what we want to do is find our identity in the revealed word of the hour that we can find what the Lord wants us to do. For we believe that God God has given to us a message of the hour, but we also know it's not enough just to have those quotes placed in our memory and be able to quote them word by word. But we believe it's also imperative that the bride of Christ has the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with his word. Amen. How many knows that's exactly right? Yes, sir. And as we see here from this parallel in Nehemiah chapter 8 that a great event was happening in that hour and they were not just reading of the historical events of what God had done in the days of Moses or in the days of uh, those Joshua and of Caleb and Eleazar and some of those great, great men, great events that took place. But they're not just reading the historical points of the book of the law because what was written in that book of the law was going to carry over to their generation as well. Now what God did was there were certain parts of the book of the law that God gave for a certain season. Once that was fulfilled, then that part of the word, nobody else would fulfill it. But there's other parts of that word which was set forth to go from generation to generation to generation. The New Testament is exactly the same way the Old Testament told us that God would send Elijah the prophet well we believe that's happened do we not so we are not looking for another Elijah to come I've not found no Elijah four and five and a half or four five and three quarters but I believe Elijah has already been come and already spoke about as far as the Gentile prophet but we're not looking for another Gentile that will come and interpret to us what he had to say. But we do believe our portion is written in that message and what that message tells us to do is our understanding of our life. Is that right? So we can rejoice in all that God did through Brother Branham, all God did through Paul, but that'll never put you in the rapture. As a matter of fact, when the prophet says, when the bride sees who she is, then the rapture will not come but the rapture will go when she recognizes who she is. So apparently a portion of that rapture is here in order to cause the going away. So it's not just a coming before the going but it is a transfiguration a transporting of our souls as Paul said that we've already been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. So so the rapture is for whom? The raptured. The translation is for whom? The translated. Yes. The change is for the changed. Well, praise the Lord. Those sitting around waiting, 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 they'll never be a part of it. The change is for the change. The rapture is for the raptured. The translation is for the translated. The change is for the change. Well, hallelujah. Redemptive claims are for the redeemed. Now notice this, that when God had this great plan in his mind, and of course the Old Testament many types and shadows that foreshadowed that, but let's, let's read you now in the New Testament Revelation chapter five, verse one, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written was in and on the back side sealed with seven seals. Now I realize that there's an element of people who follow this message that say they believe it, and they will not take a quote from from the prophet of God unless they have a scripture there to back it up. Now, you know, this may seem foreign to you, but take my word for it, that there's many churches, even preachers. I've come to understand some that I've had close fellowship with over the years. I wonder about some of them. I don't mind telling you. Because you can present them, well, the prophet said this, and the prophet said that, and the prophet said that, and the prophet said that. And they want to argue with you, and they want a scripture where Paul said the same thing. And it makes me wonder if they know what a prophet is. Yeah. So i tell you what I want you to do now. And some of you will hear this, I'm sure. I want us to do John the Revelator the same way right now before we go any further. So I want somebody to stand. Or if you're not here present, I want you to send it to me by the, the library or by email or however. I want someone to send me another verification or proof in the New Testament where it mentioned the term seven seals. Now according to the Bible we are supposed to prove everything in the mouths of two or three witnesses. Now let's take and apply that to the book of Revelation. My, my. I'm smelling that familiar smell that I smell. It's you know fried hide sort of Now think of it, no one, Paul, Peter, James, none of the rest of the New Testament writers even used the term seven seals. Paul never preached the seven seals. As far as we know, Paul didn't even know anything about seven seals. So we have one writer in the New Testament that wrote about the seven seals. So how are we going to prove him by two or three witnesses. Uh So does that mean we're supposed to throw out everything John said because we cannot find another New Testament writer that used the same word? Ooh. Burn, scorch. Mm. Well, come on now, friends. Either we apply it to John or it means we're hypocrites. Uh Ah, I can't wait to get some of the emails on this one. Now you see, people don't understand that a prophet is not only a divine interpreter of the written word, but he's so designed that he can catch the word of the day that's not even yet been written. That's right. Now if that's not so, tell me how that Moses was able to get the Ten Commandments. They wouldn't even wrote. Tell me how Moses is able to get what he did. Jeremiah, Haggai, all the rest of the prophets of God. Same way with Paul. Paul said things that none of the rest of the New Testament authors even wrote or mentioned at all. Is this true tonight? And the same way with John the Revelator that God showed John things that Paul never said anything about. Then God had things in this day that he wanted said, and he had to have a messenger on the earth that he would be able to use to say the same thing. Well, I wish somebody would preach with me. So when John is there on the Isle of Patmos, no doubt there might have been people there in that den. So no, wait a minute, John, I'm going to give you the word test. And I'm going to test you by Matthew. I'm going to test you by, by Mark and Luke and John. I'm going to test you by the book of Acts. I'm going to test you by the rest of the New Testament. remember, this is pretty much the last book that was written in the New Testament. I'm going to test you by every other New Testament book and see if what you're saying is in the Scripture. Now, John, you're saying that there's this book up there in heaven, and it was sealed with seven seals. I want another scripture in the New Testament to prove that that's the truth. Testing, one, two, three. Well, does anybody believe that what John saw was the truth? You believe he was a prophet. So you believe what he saw was right. Where's your witnesses? Oh, sweet Jesus. I guess I might as well dismiss and go to Dairy Queen and I'll get a blizzard because I reckon I've killed the service. Now think of it, friends. This is where Satan tries to get people and trip them up. And even with some, as I said, some of our preachers around the message that consider themselves such theologians, things that I've heard in the last six months to a year, it makes me wonder if some of our preachers that's been around forever even understand what a prophet of God is, that they would question a prophet and use their so-called intelligence of how much they think they know about the Bible and question a vindication prophet of God that was more vindicated than any prophet in the entire Bible. Well, praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. Brother Donnie, do you understand all he said? Why, absolutely not. The more I listen to, the more I read, the more I study, the more I realize how little bit I do understand, but it ain't my place to go around and try to correct a God-called prophet. I wish somebody would say amen. It's just my place to say, well, praise the Lord. I don't understand it, but God helped me to be able to say amen to it, whether I understand it or not. Amen Now you imagine John being caught up into this and he's seeing visions, of course. Some of John's visions were echoed from the book of Daniel. And we know that the book of Daniel would be one of the closest ones that would would come into a a, a parable in that same form as far as seeing beasts and symbols and goats and all that sort of thing as Daniel saw. And some of them are very, very similar because it was the same things and the same powers. But yet, you imagine the book of Revelation being received by, The people in that day. And then compare the book of Revelation to the book of Matthew. And Matthew was not a prophet. So he's simply a scribe that was writing down what he recalled under the ministry of his years that he spent with the Lord Jesus. Same with Mark and the same with Luke which was a, a, a well educated Jew that spoke many languages of the Greek. And he comes by later and writes these things and yet they go to get him this other book called the book of Revelation, the Apocalypsis. And they begin to read about visions and beasts and and women and colors and all types of symbols. They think, what in the world? What in the world happened to John? I mean, John wrote such wonderful things. Look at the Gospel of John. How wonderful. How simple. How precious. Look at 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. What happened to John when he moves to the book of Revelation? And John knew that he had to be saved by the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus, but John knew it would take more than And just living so called at the foot of the cross. And so sad to say that for many Christians that's as far as they go. That's all they sing about. That's all they talk about. Oh how we love the cross tonight. Do we not? We would not be here tonight. were it not for the power of the cross and the blood of our Lord Jesus. And remember it was the blood that came out of the human body of God. That purchased the title deed back to us. But it was not revealed on the cross. Notice the cross simply led up to that spot, but the Lord Jesus does not reveal one seal from the cross. Not one thunder of the voice of God down through the seven church ages thundered from the cross. So the book was purchased and the title deed was purchased, but the time frame in between the purchase and the revealing of what was in it was going to be 2,000 years. Think of it. When John saw it on the Isle of Patmos in 96, And John saw it in what the prophet called a symbol form, but it was not revealed in its reality form until this age. So John looks at that and there he was, a man called up. And can you imagine, you're writing all of this stuff and you you know that people's going to read it. And you're going to say, what are they going to think about me? I mean, all these things are so odd. They're so different than what Paul said. They're so different than what James said. Why couldn't I do what Peter said? Because God had a prophet on the earth and he was able to show him things that none of the other New Testament people even Paul had been able to see up to that time as far as we know every one of the apostles the twelve original apostles every one of them died before the book of Revelation was ever written Peter never read the book of Revelation Paul as I said as far as we know had no knowledge of seven church ages seven seals look at Paul when he first starts writing it's as if though Paul believes the coming of the Lord is right at hand and then as he goes on in time he said well I I write this unto you not that that day is right upon us right now what's he seeing he's seeing an unfolding of a future plan of God a future work of God now he's realizing it might be centuries it might be years and years before it comes to pass he never mentions church ages he never mentions seven seals he never mentions a title deed of redemption he never mentions none of that right but here's a man Here's a man that is picked to be so different. So here he's on the Isle of Patmos and he breaks into the fourth dimension where prophets see their visions. And I see in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside seal with seven seals. So we have this occurring for the first time in the New Testament. Now, Paul doesn't go into this. The Lord Jesus doesn't mention it when he's here. None of the rest of the founding fathers have any clue that this is going to happen. Happen rather. And here John is caught up into the realm of vision. You see, this is why that when a prophet brings out thus saith the Lord, that thus saith the Lord is perfectly infallible. It cannot fail. Why? Because a vision in the fourth dimension ties that prophet straight into the presence of God. Oh, that's why Brother Branham said, if the Lord showed him a vision about George Washington that he was gonna raise from the dead, he'd go right there to the cemetery, he'd invite the president, invite everybody else. Why? He was so confident in that vision because he knew it was beyond himself. You see, that vision had nothing to do even with Brother Branham's faith believing it was going to happen. It had nothing to do with the people pulling on the gift. But it's like he said a little boy and they're standing outside, there's several of them and they're standing outside and there's a circus on the inside. And they're, they're wanting to see what's going on, going on. So one little boy, he'll grab a hold of the fence and he'll pull himself way up on the top of the fence. And he said, oh, there's a garland and then there's an elephant. And then he oh, oh, oh. and then he comes back down again. Now he oh, oh. I said, that's you all using the gift of God. He said, that's why it wears me out. He said, but then say somebody comes along and they pick up that little boy and they raise him up by their strength and he looks across there and said there's an elephant and there's this and there's that and I said that don't wear you out at all and he said now that's God using his gift well I said some of these visions that the Lord gives will go on for hours but yet whenever the people would touch the Lord Jesus through that gift and the prophet after a few of them would be staggering around he would be staggering around and blind. I heard him say the other day that he'd come in after a meeting and he said, he told the man there, he said, I, I want to go home. He said, you can't go home. He said, there's a bunch of people out there waiting. He said, no, no, I, I'm ready to go home. He said he was beside himself. Didn't even know where he was. What was it? The people using God's gift. But when God would use him, God would reach down and just pick him up and hold him there and spin him around. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus done to John on the Isle of Patmos. So John had confidence in that gift inside of him Even though Now I know you may think it's odd But can you imagine John having a personal battle himself With what was written? Wes, can you imagine me or you Being there and we're writing And this is one of the most odd books of the entire Bible One of the most confusing books of the entire Bible How could John even allow it to be released? His confidence in him who gave it His confidence that was not himself so it was not the pulsation of John's own faith. Well, I believe I saw this. I think I did. I, I kind of feel led. No. John could say, I know what I saw. And I know it was not me. I know it was not a dream. I know I stepped right into that world. And that's hard for us because most of us have never seen visions of this capacity. Now and we know there's a different visions of capacity according to what God said. The old man will dream dreams and the young men will see visions. That's not the same category of vision as this right here. Sure, there's probably no doubt some of you said you have seen visions. I've seen one right here Sunday. You can see visions but that's not a prophetic vision like this. It's totally different. That's the fulfilling of the scripture. But this one would break a prophet in there and it would be so secure that thus saith the Lord would come out of it and it's totally infallible. Why? That man is so tied into the presence of God By that gift, he cannot make a mistake. Now think of it. It's not like a prophecy and somebody speaks in tongues. Yeah, the Lord say, I'm here and I'm going to do that. Well, that's got to be judged. Is that right? But when a prophet, a gift of prophecy might fall on you and never fall on you again. It may fall on you next week and never fall on you again. But a prophet is born with that absolute genuine call of God and it's beyond mistake. I hope you understand. It's beyond mistake. When that comes out, when that comes out of the prophet's mouth, it's totally, absolutely impossible for that word to fail. These visions that John saw, no matter how odd and peculiar and different, they might seem it's just as infallible as if it was the Lord God himself. Why? It is the Lord God himself. And he's showing himself through this gift into these caliber of men. Now watch then John said I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof and no man in heaven nor in the earth neither under the earth was able to open the book neither to look thereon now remember not just even open it but no one was found worthy to look now remember he didn't say an angel wasn't worthy. He didn't say a cherubim wasn't worthy. He didn't say a zoon wasn't worthy, but no man. Amen. So the man must be a kinsman Amen. to human beings. Amen. And God can't be a man. The Lord is not a man that he should lie. God is a spirit, but it must be a human being. Amen. And everyone are born in sin, is that right? So here John is in this dilemma. John said, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to, no no man could even look on the book. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now when God gave this title to the earth into the hands of his first son, he was to be from him, from his seed would come all the nations. From him would come the tribes of the earth. From him would come down the command and the control of the entire earth. Not the universe, but the earth. So he was given the title deed. It was his. He was a God. He was not just a human, but he was a God. Right? And then that man, of course, forfeited that title deed by listening to his wife instead of listening to his father. Now here we have then the dilemma, so what happens to the ownership or the title to the earth? Oh my. Watch this, the prophet said, now in the fall, Adam forfeited the title deed to that. He forfeited it to Satan. Satan took the title deed. Now listen, it would seem as though that here was another power Greater than man. No, he was not greater than man in that sense. And it wasn't that man actually walked over and gave to him a literal book or a literal document. But it was authority. Satan took the title deed. Adam was very slothful. He did not redeem his right for he could not redeem his right but Satan, which does not rightfully own it. Now remember, you, you think, that's why you have to be careful when you're following this, that it would seem as if so. Brother Bran was saying that he gave it over to Satan that Satan had a right. But here he says, he did not rightfully own it. So you go home tonight after church, and the lights are on, and you pull into the garage, and you hear music playing, and you see vehicles all in your driveway and people's out in the yard smoking and drinking and carrying on and you go in the house and they're dancing, oh my, you think, what in the world? Well, I imagine some of our humble little sisters that's just as quiet as little mices Well, they'd go in there and say, what are you bunch of devils doing in my house? Call the cops right now, Rob. I mean, if you don't, I will. I get out of here what are you doing this house is sanctified to the presence of the Lord well they say hey I'm a human being this house is made for human beings but not your being you don't belong here this is our house we pay the water bill we pay the electric bill the title is in the name of me and my husband get out Why? You've got a right of ownership. I don't figure, unless you're just nothing but a little pushover and a jellyfish, I don't figure even if you lived in a single wide trailer, you may live in a little RV of eight by 13, but if it's yours, it's yours. I'll tell you one thing, when you look at it like that, you realize what that squatter has done to our inheritance. Notice, he is the God of this earth, the Bible said so. He possesses that, not because that he really rightfully gets it, but he possesses it. Now, do you get it? Satan possesses that. He holds it into his hand. Death is in his hand. The earth is in his hand. The world belongs to him. Every nation belongs to him. Can't you see why he hates you? You no longer belong to it. Oh my. And everything in the world. So you used to be his too. And boy, God got a hold of you and changed you and transformed you. And I mean, you got a big old target on your forehead, on your back, everywhere else. And Satan can't stand it because you're no longer his. Oh my, he's this squatter and he wants all this property. And you come out of the earth. And at one time you was in darkness. You was in the world. Acted like the world. Talk like the world. You was the world. You was of a worldly, unregenerate nature. And if the Lord hadn't got a hold to you, you'd be right out there tonight just like all the rest of them. But something got a hold of you and wouldn't let go. Praise God. It wasn't me getting a hold of Jesus. It was Jesus getting a hold of me. Now watch how the Lord, whenever he was here, the Lord Jesus himself, in St. John 12, 31, watch how he identifies the devil. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince Of this world be cast out. Prince, which is Archon, the Greek word means ruler, chief, magistrate, commander. Now will the prince of this world be cast out. St. John 14:30. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Can you imagine even the Lord Jesus himself is not gonna say a whole lot to the disciples? Now remember, this is just a few hours before the motion of the crucifixion sets in order. So he will stop talking to his disciples of certain things because the prince is coming. Notice again, St. John 16, 11. A judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Hmm. Ephesians two Where in time past ye walked According to the course of this world According To the prince Of the power Of the air The spirit that now Worketh in the children Of disobedience So what is he? He's a prince of the power of the air He's a prince Of darkness He's a magistrate He's a ruler. He's a commander. He's a liar.
1: Amen.
0: He's a deceiver.
1: Yes,
0: Is that right? Ephesians six twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, ArK, okay. the first in order in a line of creation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So these beings that we fight tonight, these demons were some of the first angels ever created. But remember, there were elect angels that were not created on this basis. Praise God. Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Now let's break into this realm just a bit. The prophet is in Portland, Oregon. He's preaching, gonna have a prayer line, and something supernatural happens. This man, which had just been released out of the insane institution that day, comes up on the platform and it seems as if though he challenges brother Branham but he didn't exactly challenge brother Branham now notice he said it said not I said and it said because that you have defied the spirit of God tonight you will fall over my feet He said, I'll show you whose feet I'll fall over and he drew his great big arm back and started to hit me like that and I said, Satan, come out of the man. Just about like that in the name of the Lord Jesus and he had his arm back like that to strike and he started going ooh, ooh, ooh and his eyes rolled back and he started going around and around like that and fell down till he just laid across my feet. And I couldn't move anyway. So they're both, glory, both had made a challenge. The Spirit of God and the Spirit that was in Him. They made a challenge, so something had to happen. <laughs> My goodness, I can feel you all tensing up like a banjo string. Be calm, friends, the Lord's in control here tonight. <laughs> the audience was waiting. And a policeman said, is that man dead? I said, no, sir. Said, is he healed? I said, no, sir. He worships that spirit. You imagine a person worshiping an insane demon. That's the reason some folks can't get delivered from lust. They worship that lust spirit. You see, Satan wants to be worshipped and his demons also want to be worshipped. Now, it's not that this man was going down and burning a candle. Oh, demon of insanity. Oh, demon of insanity. I give you my eyes. I give you my strength. People don't understand worship. You give your love, your adoration. That's your worship. Amen. Now, think of it, what happened. Now, this is a phenomenal thing, really, to me, how that this happened. We would have never known this quite in this way if God had not given us a window into the fourth dimension by which we would be able to peer. Now, I'm not made that way where I can do this, okay, and neither is any other man unless he's just called to be a prophet like this, but all I can do is read what was there, and I'll take his word for it. Amen. Anybody else? Now I just turned around to the audience and I said and said, now what's this? As I was saying. <laughs> sorry for that slight interruption there. <clears throat> sorry about that. Right. As <laughs> A man has come up, a giant of a man, and he's threatened seemingly, Brother Random. I'll show you, I'll break every bone in your body. Brother Random was a real small man anyway. And you imagine this big guy coming up here, he knew he was not dealing with the flesh of this man, but a demon. And then the Spirit of God, not Brother Random. it oh children I wish we could realize tonight we can quote the word we can quote the word but I'll tell you what we need in the time of trouble we need it to speak for us when a son or daughter of God facing calamity and dilemma and you don't know what to do say father speak through me he will not bow at my voice but he will yours Amen <sighs> Oh my, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. As I was saying, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And a man sitting in a wheelchair just raised up. And a lady on a stretcher. Everything in there was healed right there. The devil sometimes is dumber than a dirt dauber. I mean, you're talking about dumb. He is so dumb. He puts something on you and you pray and fast and whatever you do and get closer to God you think he'd learn that he don't want to do it no more but he turns around and does it again. He tries to bring trouble in the church. He tries to bring difficulty in our life and it forces us down on our knees and we pray and get closer to God than we were before the trial ever hit us but does he stop? Comes right back around and does the same thing again. He said don't you learn nothing devil. Don't you know by now we are unstoppable? Don't you know by now this message will never be destroyed? Don't you know by now this bride is the word of God and you cannot destroy her? (sighs) Everything in there was healed right there and they just packed them away. And the next morning, they had a great big truck going down the street. People singing, Only Believe, walking behind that great big truck full of stretchers and wheelchairs. Dumb devil. Dumb devil. Oh, my. One day you're talking about you saying God is mighty, watch him in battle, friends. Watch our father in battle. It's great when he creates, it's great when he walks on water, but watch him fight. Yes, sir. Listen what happened. What was it? The chief of that tribe of demons. the chief of that tribe of demons made a challenge and lost it. Yeah. Don't you understand what he does when he challenges your faith? Amen. If he challenges on your healing, whatever it is, he challenges. Glory to God. Well, how will it go, Brother Donnie? It'll depend on you, my brother sister. Well, the devil's telling me this and the devil's telling me that, and I, I came to this and I came to that. Are you gonna let him win? That chief of that tribe made challenge. Notice it wasn't one of the little boys, it was the chief himself, the big guy. He probably said, boys, out of my way. You all can't handle that prophet of Malachi for. It. Let me do it. I'm the big guy. I'm the big chief. I'm Chief wompum Wumpum. I'm on a Wumpum Wumpum William Bradham. He can't stand in my way. Come on, Chief Wumpum Wumpum. We'll see who gets womped. Right. Oh, glory to God. Oh, them devils all around everywhere. Oh, we'll stop this message out. We'll put videos on YouTube. Keep putting them on there. And the more you put the bride, stands taller. Oh, glory to God. Let us see you do the works of God. You want us to leave this world word and follow you, then you are, oh my, you should do the works of God. But if you're not, we'll stay where we are, wampum, wampum. Amen. We're not following no chief of no tribe of demons, but we are following the mighty champion, the prince of peace, the morning star, the lily of the valley. Hallelujah. He that was dead, but is alive forevermore. Up. Imagine the chief said, Step back, boys. Let the old pro handle it. I'd like to see the old pro down in hell afterwards. <laughs> what happened, old pro? I was <laughs> bad for him. I thought I could. I thought I could. And here's a man. I know I'm more than a match, but it spoke. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, it don't even take a tribe to be more than a match for me or you as a mortal. But when he speaks, there ain't enough chiefs and there ain't enough tribes in all the hell to stop God's bride from being what God wants her to be. the chief of that tribe of demons made the challenge and lost it. And that's when the Spirit of God struck the building and everything was healed. Is that our God? But you know what's so sad, by the way, is to me, the person laying the closest to the prophet Went back to his home bound. He was right there, laying right across the prophet's feet. He was the closest one, brother, to reach up. Oh, have mercy! Have mercy! Pray for me, prophet of God. Pray for me. People jumping out of wheelchair, in so much that they had a truckload. As I said, if y'all are greater than brother Branham, show us at least a tonker torque. Just go to Big Lots and buy your little Tonka truck and show us how many wheelchairs and crutches are in your little T-90 truck. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <Thank the> Lord. <laughs> Ooh, I love challenging that devil. <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes, oh I know some of you feel like you want a panty-waist preacher, well I'm tell you, that ain't who I am. I was born to be a devil chaser. I was born to be a devil stomper. I was born to be, hallelujah, God called me, hallelujah, to God to preach this word. No, I ain't compromising, no, I'm not bowing down and I say I believe this word greater now than I did years ago whenever I first come to it. I see the living God manifesting himself in this entire message of the hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes an old hell breaks loose in your house, in your home, and you think, what in the world happened? Everything is going so good, and then all of a sudden, the husband and the wife says this to the other child, and seemed like, all hell breaks loose say, what caused that? Yeah. One of these old boys right here. Right. <laughs> say, what well, I say, devil? Let me go up in that Gilworth's home right for church on Wednesday evening. Oh, Aaron's tired and wall wore out and Lindsay's done this and that and the other and the young'un, you know, they got this going and that going. Let me get in there and see if I can just kind of warp things around a little bit. Let me see if I can get in that Parker house or that Johnson house or Arrowwood or whoever more. Let me kind of cause some trouble in there. This word and that word. Now I'll make them feel so bad. They'll even feel ashamed to go to church. And they're scared of that preacher anyway. They're scared to death that he'll preach right now where they live, and then their face is going to turn red, and everybody will know it, like some of y'all are right now. (laughs) So they say, Oh Lord, have mercy. How did he know that? Who told him? My daddy still has a voice, and he still talks. Oh, and what is it? A lot of times it ain't nothing but them old demons, them tribes of demons, or the chief himself, and he's trying to come up to your house and say, Watch a pro work. When are you sons? When are you daughters? Your position and say, Wait a minute. It never ceases to amaze me on church days or church nights. When I'm heading to a meeting, it happened to me two years ago when I was going to a certain, certain place. Preacher I hadn't heard from in forever started sending me a text trying to pull me right into a big, big mess going on. Happened to me just a few weeks ago. Same situation again. Hadn't heard from him in forever and ever. Same scenario again. Me heading to White House. Yeah, you stinking devil, you. Not that man. Good man, I believe. But not that man. Oh, how Christians can come under the influence of these tribes They're at your work, they're around your home, but we ought to let them know you ain't welcome here, Chief Wampum, you better get out of here because I've got the Holy Ghost and you ain't welcome in my house. You ain't welcome trying to try and find and cause all kinds of trouble in our home. We got the Holy Ghost here. We got the token, hallelujah. We're children of God, get out of here. You're the chief and the whole tribe, leave. house belongs to us this church is our place this life is our life I've given it to no devil notice in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 but if our gospel be hid this hid to them that are lost and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them and here Paul ventures to go beyond what Jesus said when Jesus called him a prince Paul calls him a God the name God's given to him not because he has divine attributes. But now that it's so advanced in the age to where he's now worshiped as a deity. He has no divine attributes at all. But you don't really have to. All you gotta do is convince people that you did. Well, come on. You know how salespeople can be. Man, them vacuum cleaner people. Are them people who call you all the time on your phone trying to sell you an extended warranty on your car? God will save one of them people to get them to heaven just to prove it can be done, I guarantee you. You get them emails, you know, and they want your password, and they mimic AOL or Yahoo or whatever. Your account has been locked up. Anybody ever get to inside to me? Your PayPal account, your Dropbox account, this, 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 has been closed, and we need your pertinent information and so on. So I'll click on that little link and open up here in the bar, and I see exactly where it's going. And then I know that it ain't them, so I'll I'll write them a little letter. Now I'll include the Scripture. I love this Scripture for them type of people. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. And I'll tell them If you don't quit doing this, you're going to go to hell and you're going to be destroyed. I've yet to get a reply back from any of them. <laughs> Why, what is it? They're just trying to play you to get your information, which is exactly the way the devil wants to do. He wants to hear you say, well, I can't do it. I guess I'm just defeated. He's wanting your information. He's wanting your pertinent information of where you stand. He don't know if it's working or not. But I'll tell you one thing. I think it's a good thing. Sometimes not to even pray out loud the way we're feeling. You may think I'm crazy, but sometimes I don't even tell Father. If I'm low, if I'm weary, I won't even say it because he knows my heart. And if I say it out loud, oh blabber mouth will hear me say it, and he'll say, Aha, I'm really doing good. So I keep him guessing.
1: I keep him guessing.
0: You say that's crazy? No, it ain't. Amen. Question Answer Sixty Four. Brother Branham, you went to, you told us before you went out west the first time. How come you ain't done again? Well, that's something just between me and the Lord. I'm working it out, and it's in my heart. And he said, as long as I keep it there, Satan don't know what it is. But if I say it, he might speak it out and try to mess up the plan of God. Whew. So sometimes, Brother Wes, I just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the devil, he nearly has a heart attack. He can't stand it when I go into that mode. It's that silent love mode, you know. <laughs> He's wanting to know, tell it, say it, don't he? Say it so I can register. It. Say it so I can see where I am. No, devil, even if I'm so weary, if I think I can't make it another step, I ain't telling it where you can hear it. Well, sometimes I'll probably say that in another language. But if that other language ain't there, I'll just mum it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you are blabbermouths. You get down there and you lay out your whole laundry list to the devil. Lord, I'm so weary. I'm so tired. If I don't get deliverance tonight, I ain't going back no more. You just invited the devil to cause a flat tire, to cause a breakdown, of everything in the world to keep you from going to the house of God. Come on, children. Why well, the prophet of God said, even if I didn't have very much faith, I wouldn't say it. Amen. He is the God of this world. But this is what gets him. He ain't my God. He can't stand it. He ain't my God. Anybody else in here with me? He ain't your God. What about all of you out there streaming? He ain't your God, and he can't stand it. Oh, I hear this. Oh, I drink. I do the oil this. Oil. I see they're worshiping Satan because he is the king of I. He is the king of I. And he crowns them with their greatness and how good they are. But we say, oh, Lord, not in my will, but time. Th- the Lord just tears him all to pieces because he heard that in the garden of Gethsemane. he said, what in the world? How can them people say that? They're born like everybody else. That's right. And they were sin, sin like everybody else. That's right. We're with you so far. But there's something you ain't getting that we got. And that was we got transformed by the power of God. We're not who we was. We don't think the way we used to think. We don't walk the way we used to talk. We have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. So you see, men pay him Homage. Yes, homage. He is their God. Yes, he is worshipped. So the prophet could make those staggering statements that he's worshipped by millions. Many of them go to church, he says. And they're worshipping the devil. Yes, in right. church. Amen. Tell me how in the world can people in church sing, play, act like a bunch of rock and roll knuckleheads and think you are worshiping God. Well, come on now. Notice this. The prophet said, but thank God we're not of the world. I know that ain't deep. I know it ain't profound, but it is absolutely wonderful to me. Thank God we're not of the world. See, now there you are. I don't mean the church. He don't control the church. He controls the world. He said they were his. Remember he said this to the Lord Jesus when he showed him all the kings of the world in a moment of time, Matthew 4, Luke 4 and the prophet when he reads that and he says, what a being. What a creature. He showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. France wasn't even there yet. Rome was not in its crowning time the United States was not even in existence in the way we know it today and yet he carried him forth into that dimensional world of travel and showed Jesus not the slums of Boston not the slums of Chicago but showed him the beautiful buildings in a moment of time just whoosh. and there the Lord Jesus looked at him and he said make a deal with you he'll burn you up and y'all ever got burned on a car deal or a house deal or yeah. just any kind of deal? Uh-huh. I'm kind of afraid of brother deals. That's been some of my worst burnings. So if I'm, if I'm dealing with the brothers, I just tell them to give me the center price. <laughs> I, I'd rather have the center price. Forget that brother thing. <laughs> Woo, man alive, I've got skin like a skunk coming out of that sort of thing. You can never deal with Satan, Amen. he'll convince you. He's got this wonderful, most outstanding thing that he needs to convince you of. And what you've got is so outdated, so rotten, it ain't good for you. I'll take it in on trade-in. You sisters, I'll take your long dresses, and I'll give you a miniskirt. Now, I don't know what I'll do with this old long dress, because none of my daughters sure don't want to wear them. I'll take them to Goodwill, I guess. And look at some of your hair, pitiful. While well, some of you ain't worn old Maybelline since Mabel invented it. Some of you ain't had rosy cheeks since she was a little wee tot. Look what I've got for you. Oh, I'll make you as attractive and as sexy and beautiful, and I'll take that old slick back hair of yours and that ponytail. I'll throw that thing out and off. Put you in there. You'll have a remake. You'll walk in a hate and walk out a devil. Demon possessed. That's Come right, uh-huh. mm-hmm. on. That's the way he wants to trade. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm your friend. You, you, you need this Raj. You, you need this. Look at, look at that. I used to go with my cousins up to several auto auctions Cookville, Nashville, Louisville, Greater Louisville's over in the Indiana side, actually. And boy, I'll tell you what, them salesmen. Them guys would bring them vehicles in there and they knew how to add enough this and that and the other. Them old cars, the rods would be slap dab out of them and they'd put enough an STP and this and that and the other, boy, that little thing would purr like a kitten. When they'd come up there and boy, you'd look at the outside and they'd go, hey, And that's the way they're buying I mean, yeah, yeah, and they all get caught up in it. They get caught up in it. And then they go out to drive it. And here they come back in. But they have a special department in those places called arbitration. Now the arbitration is between a person who sold a vehicle who absolutely just flat out lied about it and the person thought they bought one. Well I don't mind telling you God had a great need for a court of arbitration. We were talked into this situation. We got married my my you talking about child brides. That's what we all were. We were little T90 infant brides and we got married to that old nature of ours. Our husband was a devil and he had the rule over us and God pulled us into arbitration, and God said, "I've got your name on another book here. If you want to get set free out of this deal, Amen." God offers it to the world, but they say, "No, I like this life. I like what it does." But the bride said, "Not me, Papa. I want out of this situation. I got burned up, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've done what I've done." God said, "All right, devil, take your hands off of them. You bound them with alcohol. You bound them with tobacco. You bound." them with pride, but I am the judge, and I say, turn them loose. Turn them loose. Oh, glory to God, turn them loose. (sighs) Notice this, the prophet said, Adam forfeited the title deed to all this stuff we own. To all this stuff we own. Eternal life, inheriting the earth. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, now we don't have it now. And look, it wasn't to Adam or any of his seed. Adam's seed absolutely lost everything, too. This is why we Christians have to struggle. This is why Satan still tries to attack us with terrible diseases and sicknesses. He likes to enforce his squatter claim on you. Well, your body's mortal. It ain't redeeming. I can do what I want to. No, you can't. As long as my Holy Ghost soul is in this body, it's a temple of the Lord. It's not the seed of Adam. No matter how much we try to beautify this world, how much we try to make big fine homes and things, it still doesn't belong to Adam's seed. No, sir. It did not go to Adam's seed. No, sir, because Satan took it, lock, stock, and barrel. Don't you love those theological terms? Oh, for Adam forfeited it. Now our kinsman Redeemer has handed the seven sealed Book of Redemption. From the original owner, the original, the original owner. When we lost it at the Garden of Eden through Adam, it went back to the original owner. But there's been a poacher on the land, a squatter, that's Satan. He come over, he's a poacher. This earth don't belong to him. You believe this? Well, if this earth don't belong to him, what makes you think your body does? because your body is out of this earth amen he don 't have to have a legal right all he has to do is convince you he does i 've got a right to make you sick i 've got a right to make you feel miserable you deserve this sickness you deserve this pain you deserve to be depressed you deserve that is a lie amen. I might have deserved it before I become born again, but my kinsman redeemer has purchased this title deed and gave the inheritance to his beloved bride. He did not get this book and keep it for himself, but he took the book and then give the book to his people. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's a poacher. Man, I could say something right now, but I better not. It's the title deed of your redemption, the seven seal book, it's a title deed. You wait till we get into those seven seals. He breaks the seals, reveals, and gives us his inheritance to his people. He gives the inheritance that he inherited by becoming kinsman redeemer, and freely gives it out to us. It all belonged to him, he was the one who redeemed But instead of keeping it himself, he gives it back to his people. That's his love for his people. Satan, the possessor of it now, the squatter, he's finally, he don't want to give it up right quick. And we find out here in the latter in the scriptures, I'm thinking over in another chapter, he didn't want to give it up right away, but he had to fight over it. But finally, when he brought to a showdown, he was cast into the lake of fire. Let me read one more and we'll close. Now here you are. Here you are. Christ the mystery. Now you see the seals. When he was in his mediatorial work back there redeeming but someday he comes forth to get this book that he's redeemed. And all that's in this book would be him. For that's The believer, the words in the book, that's the believer. So the book is not just a book, a song book, a a church agent, but a seal book. The book, don't you understand the book, what the rapture is? The rapture is calling and gathering the book. Amen. Who are those that are the book? Those that are partaken of the open book. What? You become what you eat. So John in Revelation 10, after it happens there, then he says, give me the little book, and he takes the book and eats the book. So people feed on filthy television. They feed on filthy magazines. They feed on all kinds of stuff. Watch what your children watch, friends. Watch what the video games and this and that. Why? You can let them alone in their bedroom. You don't have no idea what they're watching. And they're becoming something right in your living room, right in your bedroom, right in your house that you don't want them to become. Amen. Because you trust them, you trust them. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Be responsible, parents. Help your kids. Watch over them. Satan is out there to try to get them to become something that's contrary to God. Notice, now the seven seals, as far as the mystery of redemption has already happened, it happened three months prior to this. But someday he comes forth. Not then, not three months ago. But someday he comes forth to get this book that he's redeemed and all that's in this book would be him for that's the believer. The word's in the book and the word is him and all this in that. He came forth for this book of redemption whose names were written on the book before the foundation of the world when he was slain as a lamb and here he is today in his word manifesting the same thing he did there. She can't recognize Another headship. There's no bishop, no nothing. She recognizes one headship, and that's Christ, and Christ is the Word. Can we stand? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank, you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, what does the seven seals mean to you? It's just a book. Just a book called The Seven Seals. Just terms that we send the message, cliches. Oh, yeah, the seven seals, the seven seals. But what does that mean to you as an individual? As an individual, it should mean this that your account has been settled. The charges that were against you have been omitted, and you are his bride, and you accept no other headship. Can't you see why Satan has attacked this message for decades with men trying to be bishops over the message people? One doctrine raised up, what did he do? Rattled around one man. Look at him. Look Look at every one of them that's been down through the ages. Look at what's happened. One man was the man that got it all, and everybody had to come to him or he didn't get it. And if you're not, you're not bride. Then that's the new evidence of the Holy Ghost. If you're a bride, then you believe the Purusha. If you're a bride, you believe the seven thunders. If you're a bride, you believe this, that, the other. If you're the bride, you are because you're the Word. Amen. And you'll believe all the Word. That's right. Not an isolated scripture or isolated quote. Amen. You believe the Word. Yes, sir. Because you are the Words. Can you imagine? You're The Words. The Words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. What was that? When God thought of himself as being a human, he thought of you at the same time. When he put his own human name on the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, and he put yours there, your name was associated with his before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain in his mind before the foundation of the world. And when he saw the chemistry of the blood, your name was identified with the blood before the world ever began. Tell me how you're ever going to lose that. Praise the Lord. You need to get that squatter off of your property. And right here is some of the property he loves every day to attack us on. Right there. Brother Donnie, my mind's not redeemed. I understand. But God's got a double barrel shotgun for that. Right? You can be like the old farmer was. The farmer said he could not stop the birds from flying over his farm, but it could stop them from building a nest. You ain't no good. Oh, missed you. But instead of us, we kind of toy with them thoughts. Well, I ain't no good. You're pouring gasoline on that. Get your double barrel out of there and blast the hide off that devil. You ain't, gone, you ain't no good. You ain't this that, and the other. Shut up. I ain't no jellyfish Christian. I've got stingers in my words. You get close to me, devil, you're going to get stung. By his stripes, I am already healed. Oh, you've been praying for this forever so long. That don't make no difference. I'm going to keep on praying. Because my God is a mighty God. He's a mighty deliverer. Is that right? Just blow him out of your mind. Get that poacher out of your mind. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh, Jesus, how we love you tonight. We thank you so much, Father, for your word, for your presence. How could we ever really fully comprehend it on this side? Lord God, that you wanted a people of your own kind. The prophet said you wanted a world of sons and daughters. A world. Future homie tells us, You thought of yourself as being a human and you made the earth to take us and your body out of. That's why we know whenever you come to the earth and John baptized your human temple, I love the way the prophet said it. This is my part of the earth and from this part, I will redeem the rest of it. Oh, I know we got brothers that are saying that human body is dissolved and Lord, I heard one say it just the other day that that body will basically disappear. That's showing what the prophet taught. As a matter of fact, he said it'll set up on the throne there and there'll be the father that'll hang over him in that blessed city and there will be Jesus, our Joseph. There's something about us humans we want to touch we want to feel. Whenever you raised from the dead, and the woman come to you there, she was a human. She had touched you before. She puts forth her hand to touch you. And you said, "Don't touch me. Touch me not. I'm not yet ascended." She wanted to touch you. Oh Jesus, I felt you, Lord. I've seen your supernatural. But I can't wait for some day that I can touch you. Praise God. And I just can't keep from believing that you being a man, you'll want to touch us. Hallelujah. For you were a human. And when you were here, you touched people. You laid your hands on the cripple. You laid your hand on the lepers. The parents brought their children to you. And you laid your hands on them. You wanted to touch people. You must be longing within yourself for that great day when the table will be spread thousands of miles long. And we'll sit down at the table. And you'll come walking out. The great king in your robe. You'll take that robe and wipe the tears from her eyes. Don't cry no more. It's all over. Help us, Jesus. Help us that we'll fight. I know, Lord, it's strange. Nobody's as peace-loving as the bride. It's amazing how we're typed. So many ways in the Bible. Gentle, calm, blessed are the peacemakers. It's an amazing thing how that we can be so peaceful. And yet, warriors Warriors, not against each other, but against Satan and his darkness. As long as I'm in my right mind, Lord, I refuse to hold my peace against the darkness of hell that comes against us. I will not hold my peace against cancer. I will not hold my peace against debilitating diseases and sickness. I will not hold my peace Against the evils of Satan trying to get our young people. I refuse to, Lord. I'll not hold my peace against pornography, adultery, fornication. I will not. I'll scream out as long as I've got breaths. Because we are called to stand against Satan. We're called to fight against the wiles of the devil. And fight we shall. And not only will we fight. But we will prevail. Amen. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. We worship you tonight, Lord God. May every child of God here and those that are streaming or those that will archive this service, whatever portion of their ground that they see the squatters moved in on, which one of us tonight would go home and see somebody set up a little old tent in our backyard and we just go in and eat a little snack before bedtime and say, well, whatever. Then tomorrow night there's another tent. You go out there and say, well, who are you? Well, I'm, I'm homeless. I ain't got no place to live. Well, go ahead and invite your brother. Go ahead and invite your uncle, your nieces, and your nephews. Before long, they don't tell them what in the world they'd turn it into. If we wouldn't do that naturally, boy, we're so possessive of our natural inheritance. How much more ought we to be with our spiritual inheritance? And depression wants to set up its tent and steal our joy. Sadness wants to set up its tent and steal our joy. Heaviness, when we come to the house of God and we feel so weighted down, we need to go out there and just get rid of that devil real quick. Praise God and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I come to the house of God to worship. I come to praise. I come to pray. I come to magnify his name. hallelujah. Hallelujah get your tent and everything there Satan! off or I'm burning you before the morning rises. I ain't tolerating you squatting on my ground. This is holy ground for me and Jesus. <laughs> Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many can say tonight in your heart before the Lord? You just have to raise your hand. The, Brother Donnie, the Lord spoke to me tonight for this word. I see that squatters took some of my property and I don't like it. He's took some of my property. Well, let me just tell you, friend, when the prophet preaches the restoration of the bride tree, he not only preaches about the bride being the bride tree, but he also preaches an enforcer. And he said, the Holy Ghost is here to enforce that word. And you and I can quote it. We can pray. We can claim the promise. But it takes a supernatural power. Just like it was that night in Portland on the platform. It spoke and said, you've challenged the Spirit of God. Amen. We need to let it speak through our lips. Hallelujah. We need to let our Father, oh, praise the Lord, take his word and speak to him. Oh, but Brother Donnie, I, I'm a sister. That's all right. He fills sisters with the Holy Ghost just like he does brothers. Amen. Thanks be to God. How many want your property back? Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's your home. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your husband, your wife. You know what it is tonight. Whatever it is, Look out in your backyard, look at your window, look out in your front yard. Inspect it really good and see what's moved in on you, friends. My, oh, let us as the saints of God arise. Remember when David went out there that time, him and his men, and they fought in the battle. Their wives and their children was in a holdout, and they thought they were safe. But some of the enemy spies come in and found out where David's wife was. And his men's wives and their children. And oh, while well, they were gone out fighting a battle for the Lord. They come in and snatched them and stole them away. My goodness, David's men who had given their lives. They had risked their lives for David in battle. They got so upset. Now they've been hit in a way they'd never been hit before. You know how it is with your family. Now these men are ready to turn against David. His own men, brother Aaron. Why? Their wives were gone. Their children were gone. But the Bible says David encouraged himself. He must have been on the bottom. Joab wasn't there, Abner, whoever more. His closest men, Brother Larry. His closest men had now turned against him. But David encouraged himself. Brother Harvey, the scripture says that David and his men went back. And they went out there. Boy, they've, they've gotten more now than a new house and new land. This is my wife, this is my son, this is my daughter. Devil, you're in for it now. You imagine the anger, you imagine the fierceness of their indignation as they go out there. they had fought tremendously before this, but now they've got a real fight on their hands. Their wives were gone, their children were gone. Oh, praise God. Whatever's in your heart right now in the name of Jesus. Let's claim it. Your health, your children, your husband, whatever the Lord brings to your heart right now, claim it as yours. Those of you that are sick, claim your healing. Maybe you're sad, you're depressed, whatever it is, it doesn't make any difference. But it's so big, ask for great things. Look out your window. Look to the promise of God. You don't have to say it out loud for anybody else. So hear it just in your heart. Father, I claim my husband. God, I claim my children. Give them the Holy Ghost, Lord. Heal them. Bring deliverance. Maybe it's you, your own body. Whatever it is, in the name of Jesus. I claim it now, Father. In the name of Jesus. I'll take my sling and my little stone. And I'll go around and around and around. And I'll sling it as fast as I can. But when it leaves that sling, the Lord God will take it through the power of his word. Hallelujah. And he'll destroy that devil. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You that's streaming the service. Maybe you're sick at home tonight. Maybe you're afflicted. You've got a need. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's spiritual hallelujah hallelujah father in the name of Jesus we look out our window and we see this tent here and this one over there we're sick of it we're sick of Satan robbing us stealing our inheritance in the name of Jesus I speak healing to the sick hallelujah 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 Lord God, I speak your word, your great word. By your stripes, we are healed. In the name of Jesus, by your stripes, Brother Mike Johnson is healed. In the name of Jesus, by your stripes, Brother Eugene Kennedy is healed. Sister Brenda Harmon, healed. Brother J.D. Woodson, my brother, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Carol, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Alicia, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Every sick person, present or invisible or invisible, by his stripes you are already healed. Not only healed, but delivered. Set free. House of hell, give way to the name of Jesus Christ. You have no hold, you squatter. You're a poacher, devil. We know the way poachers work. They hunt at nighttime. They hunt out of season. They hunt without a license. A man may hunt and look and look and find a nice trophy deer and he watches and watches and watches and he tries to hunt by the law and he hunts on a certain day and he does it all and a poacher will sneak in there two days before the season begins and steal that trophy and then he can go around and brag about it. That's what you are, you liar. You ain't got no right. This body is mine. This body belongs to me and Jesus. Amen. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Hallelujah. Oh, but you like to poach on our joy, don't you? You like to poach out of season. You ain't got no right to steal my joy. You ain't got no right to steal my shout. You ain't got no right to steal my song. You're a poacher, so you try to get it out of season. You try to get it when you ain't got no right but we're calling your bluff tonight we're saying to your face you are a liar and we do not worship you we worship the almighty God you are defeated and we're only waiting for the hour when that total defeat will be made manifest praise be to God hallelujah in the name of Jesus thank you Lord God May all the victors raise their hands in the presence of God and thank Him for the victory. Oh, but brother Donnie, I didn't feel anything. You don't have to feel one thing. Your faith punctuates God's word and says, "Amen, Lord, Amen." But I've still got the symptoms. But the promise is greater than the symptoms. And the church said, Amen. "Hallelujah, Hallelujah." Oh, we worship you tonight, Lord God. We. May magnify you Lord Jesus open the book to us Father may we see our inheritance in the book Lord if the people would rejoice and they would stand there for hours as Ezra would read the book thou shalt and thou shalt not how ought we as the people of God ought to rejoice in this day Lord who are we that we would be privileged to hear things preached and read things out of the message of the hour that Paul was never even privileged to preach about. John saw it in symbol form but we don't know if John even knew what it was all about. We know that he did have an understanding because if he was going to write it down he said no don't write it. But we don't know how much he actually saw but here we are in the last days when the mysteries has been opened up not by Kentucky but by the Lamb of God Himself. The Lord Jesus has come down and tore open those seals. It's more than just a black book to us. Oh, Heavenly Father, it is our inheritance. My right to eternal life, my right to healing, my right to deliverance has been restored. My right to a home in heaven, my right to the peace of God. My right to justification, my right to redemption, my right to fellowship, my right to rejoice in the presence of God my right to come boldly before the throne of grace has been restored hallelujah hallelujah my right to stand in the shekinah glory of the almighty has been restored my right to approach the inner sanctum of the most high has been restored i worship you tonight my father I bless your name. I rejoice in your presence, oh God. Can we just raise our hands before we go and just praise him a little. Oh, think about what he's done for us children. Hallelujah. It shows he was a king unlike any other. What king would make such a conquest and turn around and give that inheritance to his people? Caesar would never do such a thing. Napoleon would never do such a thing. The Greeks would never do such a thing. But this is a king like no other. That he would conquer death, hell, and the grave, and turn around and give the full inheritance to his little bride and said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And whoever will overcome, as the was come and sit with me in my throne as I have overcome and sat down with my Father in his throne. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name, Father. We magnify you, Lord, for you are worthy, O oh God. You are worthy, for thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yes, truly, we were lost, but tonight we're found. We were blind, but now we can see, not just see the cross, but see the title deed of the book of redemption. We don't want to just see that we're saved. We want to find our inheritance. We don't want to just move across the bridge of salvation and just hover there near the bridge and never move any farther the rest of our life. But we want to go into this arcade and pull out a ladder and look up in this shelf and look in this drawer and look here and there and there and find what belongs to us, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Are you saying something for us? Can we just worship together before we go? Oh, don't you love him? Don't you appreciate what he's done for you, children? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let Papa open up the book in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We bless your name. We bless your name, Lord. My God
1: is awesome. Awesome. Yes, you are, Lord.
0: Us standing there tonight into her treatment, Lord willing, tonight, she'll take that extra pill that she adds to it, generally by this time, by the third or fourth day, starting it. She's so weak, she can't hardly go, and here it is, day after day after day after day. What is it? We serve an awesome God, a mighty God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, how many knows he's moved for you and your family and your loved ones? He's a mighty God. Oh, he's a mighty God. God bless you, saints. Oh, it's such a joy for us to be able to be together. Just feast on his word. Thank God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight, Lord. We so enjoyed the word, but we so enjoyed you. We enjoyed your presence. Oh, there's always such wonderful things happen when you're around. Lord God, may we leave this place tonight illuminated. No doubt them people as they would go home each day and Ezra would read the word, they would go home and they'd go to talking about it. Wow, isn't that something? Isn't that something what God said there in Deuteronomy 4 and 35, unto thee it was shown that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. Oh, how it was there in Exodus 33 that the Lord God appeared in the brightness of his great magnificence and his glory. He come down on the mountain there. Wow, what it was in Exodus 3 when he said, I am that I am. And they would talk about it and just rejoice because they could see his presence there among them. Lord God, may we leave here tonight the same way. Saying, oh, wasn't it wonderful to sit in the presence of the king. The feast on the unfailing body word of the son of man and hear him talk about us and our inheritance. We love you, Lord God. Reveal yourself to us. Open it up to us. Make it more real, we pray, Father. Go with us now. Bring us back Sunday, if it be pleasing to you, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. And the church said, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Sing something for us, Harry. Pick it up just a little bit. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's just worship him a little, little bit as we go and the devil comes knocking on your door, just let him know you ain't got no room in your house. Your house is full of you and Jesus. You ain't even got no room in your backyard. He can't even move in on the back 40. You ain't got no room on the back 40. You ain't got no room in the front 40. You just ain't got no room for that sorry rascal. Come on saints. You ain't got no room for the devil. No room for his lies. No room for all of his stuff that he does. The angels of God's got to camp out around me, so get your tent off of my property. Amen. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp about those that fear Him. Well, how are they going to get there if you've got demons hanging all around you? So it's time to go to kicking down tents and getting rid of them. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Harry. Don't we love Harry and appreciate him? Yeah. Amen. Praise <laughs> the
1: Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ain't nobody do me like Jesus okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>